Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, September 26th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today we're talking to broadly journalist Diana Torget about her experience telling the story of Eva Tiamat Medusa, a trans woman who modified her body to become a dragon. Vice journalist Diana Torget first learned about Tiamat Medusa two years ago after seeing a sensational feature on her in an online tabloid. Her appeal is self-evident. Tiamat has undergone extreme body modification. Her ears and nostrils have been removed, her eyes are stained green, and she is covered in implanted horns and tattooed scales. Like Diana, Tiamat is also a transgender woman. And after learning this, Diana began to think about Tiamat's body modifications in relation to identity. But every profile and short video so far about Tiamat has been superficial and extremely sensationalist. Diana, on the other hand, intended to do something different, to tell Tiamat's story with sensitivity and compassion and to create a portrait of her as she wanted to be seen. So here's Diana Torget speaking with Bradley Editor-in-Chief Lindsay Shrub on the experience. So can you describe who Tiamat is? Tiamat is a transgender woman and a transgender dragon living in the southern United States who has modified her body drastically through a series of procedures that have transformed her appearance to the point that she no longer really looks human. Tiamat has full body tattoos, scales covering her entire face, arms, and neck in the style of a rattlesnake. And she has just two big fangs um, that sort of hang out of her mouth because they're so long almost. And she's removed her nostrils and her ears. She has a flattened nose. It creates an image of a dragon that she wanted to create. And she has horn implants and green eyes. So when you look at Tiamat, it's really impossible to just see a human being or something like that. You have to sort of see this um, creation that she manifested in the world. She is someone who modified her body in the wake of a lot of trauma in her life. So she is someone who is open about having been assaulted by men in the past, about having been diagnosed with HIV and the way in which that shaped the rest of her life. And she does a lot of work within the body modification community and is sort of um, well-known within LGBT culture in Houston. So, Diana, can you start by just telling me a little bit about how this story came about? Yeah, two years ago, I was browsing the transgender internet and looking for stories, as I do, um, and I ran across the story of Tiamat Medusa, 
And I often like to find stories that have been highly reported or super sensational and then tell a more nuanced, more personal story about that same subject because I feel like a lot of people don't invest the time to do that. And often those subjects that end up being in the headlines as like the sensational topic tend to sort of belie a really interesting backstory or something more personable or nuanced to take away from it. So I often see those as like opportunities. And Tiamat definitely seemed like an opportunity to tell a story, which in my mind I thought would be really beautiful, but I didn't exactly know why. And so I was quite surprised finding out what Tiamat's story actually was once we met. That's great. I mean, I know since I've been with you on Broadway for the past few years now, I also know that that, um, we've been talking about this story for quite a while. And I think we've always kind of talked about it in terms of the story of extreme body modification. But in reality, the way that this piece shaped up, it's so much more about trauma and abuse and survival and self-acceptance. Could you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I think the story that I thought would be in it is something more general about my perspective on body modification, which is kind of like body modification is part of who we are as people. And I view transgender surgeries and procedures as body modification. And I like thinking about the way that that relates to other less clinically diagnosed, understood forms of body modification that people do. That's interesting. But what I didn't anticipate would be that someone who had undergone such radical, non-normative procedures to their body would have such an existential theme behind their decision to make that change to themselves. And so Tiamat's story... It ended up being about the themes that you referenced, and that came clear while the camera was rolling. I think that we all went down there with the perspective that we were going to try and tell a humanizing story about someone who's radically changed their body and try and make the point that body modification is a part of who we are as people. But I don't think we really understood that Tiamat's decision to transition into a dragon was a result of a complex lifetime of experiences, some of which were beautiful and many of which were traumatic. And so she had had all these negative experiences in her life, like a lot of people do. But for Tiamat, she utilized body modification as a means of survival. Um, You know, it was heart-wrenching to learn that she tattooed her body with the design of tattoos around the rattlesnake because she was abandoned as a child in um, the middle of nowhere in the desert and had symbolically perceived the rattlesnakes in that area to be sort of parental figures in the absence of literal parental figures in her life. And that was such a beautiful literary sort of like existential decision like one could build into this 
life-changing choice they were making with the way their body would change, that she had more of an affinity for this other species or the symbol of this other species than she did with people. And that seemed so human to me, even though I wouldn't undermine her self-identified non-humanity. It seemed very core to what it means to be like a sentient living being with a body. And this negotiation that we're all making all the time between having a mind and a will and a soul and a spirit, however you want to classify that, but our consciousness while also having a body and living in a world and both of which are out of our control to a certain degree. And so Tiamat is taking advantage of uh, the ways in which her body and her corporal form are not out of her control. And doing that as a response to the sense of alienation that she felt from both men and from mankind was sad, but not because it ended up with her being a dragon. It was sad because the abuse that she experienced occurred. At a certain point in her life, she made the decision she would like to spend the rest of her life on this world not human because of the pain that she had endured at the hands of humans. And that's something I could just intrinsically identify with. Because I've had similar kind of existential feelings around like, I don't know if I feel so connected to my own species, but also as a trans person, because she described an immense sense of relief once she was able to leave behind humanity and become a dragon in body, that she no longer felt as much resentment towards people and that she could live beside people as a dragon and happily do so because she didn't have to be one of us. And that resonated because when I transitioned and I no longer had the body of a man, it was immensely relieving in the same exact way, at least in a way that seemed very similar to me and really resonated and made me feel kindred to her because once that material thing had changed, in terms of gender, I was sort of expelled, right, from this group that I had wanted to be free from for so long, which is being a man. And so I understood what she meant, even if it was in a different way, because it was species. But because she's a trans woman, too, we definitely can relate on the gender side of things as well. Yeah. I think, too, what's so interesting about when you watch the piece, you also spent a good deal of time with her. And I think you really get to see all these different aspects of her that you Mm -hmm. don't really see in like the sensational headlines about this woman who is a trans dragon. I guess, could you talk a little bit about what surprised you about who she is, her character, her personality, and then how other people, when you went out in public, kind of reacted to her? Yeah, totally. Um, You're absolutely right. You know, Tiamat is really good at putting on her metal claws and showing people her split tongue Mm -hmm. and her fangs and doing her dragon stance. And tabloids love to take photographs of that. And, uh, you know, local news media loves to take twirling video shots of her looking like that in the desert. And it makes for a great picture. But when you actually meet her, she is, um, you know an older Latinx grandma figure, essentially. You know, she is a very loving person and a dragon at the same time. And it might sound so silly to people who are listening who haven't really thought critically about or, like, don't stand behind the idea of self-identification in terms of this radical form of self-identification, accepting, like, if someone wants to be considered a different species... Where is the harm in allowing that and also accepting that, like, this is part of 
who we are as people, figuring out what it means to be here as people and what we want. But for her, if you go into knowing her with fully accepting and respecting the way she's chosen to self-identify herself, it's not funny at all. It's just a kind of cool aspect of her character. And she's themed her entire life around that and her home. And so spending time with her and getting to know what it actually meant, she likes to eat bugs. You know, she's into being a dragon in that way. But she's not like obsessively crawling around the floor looking (laughs) for bugs all the time. I think it's something that she'll do in her own time to feel more connected to her species. But she eats tacos every morning at the gas station across from her apartment. And she likes to roll joints with her split tongue. Like, she's very relatable. She's very cool. She has a beautiful closet full of gorgeous dresses. And is a very warm and loving person who attracts love from other people. And that was surprising to me because she has such a strong visual embodiment. She must be subject to discrimination in her life on the street. However, when I was spending time with her, All that I witnessed was the public's awe of her presence and joyfulness in the way that people can respond to any figure that they are excited to see, you know, for whatever reason. And some of them had recognized her from local news and were like, oh, you're the dragon lady. I want a photo. But most of them had just never seen anyone who looks like Tiamat before. People can't not notice her. And it was very sweet to see the number of people and the breadth of different kinds of people who approached her and asked if they could take a video and didn't do so in a way that felt exploitative, but felt very friendly. Um, And then a bunch of children, you know, seeing her. We went to visit a bat colony that lives under an overpass in Houston, um, which is a pretty phenomenal space in and of itself. And Tiamat loves it. And a lot of people who live in Houston like to go and spend time on that bridge and on the hill beside that bridge at night and like watch these bats because it's a nice local thing to do. And so there were families there and there were joggers and there was children. And the thing that touched me the most was seeing all of those people approach Tiamat generously and to see the Tiamat standing beside a child on the bridge and the child just sort of looking up at her like a, a storybook come to life and Tiamat asking her if she likes dragons and she likes dragons. She just got a toy a dragon at home and it's so cool meeting her and she'd never met a dragon before and <laughs> that's a magical thing and it's something only Tiamat can really bring into someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting. One of the things that you've talked about and that like really comes through in the piece is this idea of care and also just self-determination in that care. Um, She's really somebody who figured out for herself what care or like self-care really looks like. And instead of it being the stereotypical, like, take a warm bath or, you know, like, climb the corporate (laughs) ladder. Cut your ears off. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, (laughs) cut your ears off. Like, create fangs, have horns in your head. But also she does things for herself, herself too. Like, she cares for her dogs and she cares for her bats and, like, the people around her. She's so clearly so kind to and has built community, too. Yeah, I would just love to hear more from your perspective on that sort of advice that she had for other people. As you mentioned, like that sort of self-determination is so difficult just for anybody, but especially I would say for somebody who's gone through so much trauma and abuse and isolation in their life. It's so hard to ask for them to like 
look inside yourself, figure out what is the best thing for you. But can you talk a bit about what she kind of said to that as far as what advice she gave to other people who might be in a similar situation? So we were sitting out in the park near her house that she goes to sometimes in Houston, and I was asking a bit about her path to transition and about her path to species transition. And that's when she, unbeknownst to me, I did not know she was going to share this, but disclosed the sexual assault that she endured when she was um, a young person moving to Houston and being raped and how that sort of planted this seed of feeling alienated from humans and men. And after she shared a lot about the difficult times that she'd had in her life, and and, and after I came to really understand that she had done a lot of this to take care of herself and to survive, as she, she told me, I sort of asked her, you know, what would you tell someone else that's struggling in their life, that's dealing with feeling alienated from people um, or is experiencing trauma. And her guidance is, you know, one, an incredibly beautiful kernel of wisdom. And she really just suggested that, you know, no matter where you are in your life, you have to believe that circumstances can change. And if those circumstances aren't changing, then you have to change them for yourself. But if you want to do that, you have to love yourself and and changing your situations and finding a better circumstance and a better life. It's about love, but you have to find that love within yourself first. That's something that she said. And that was so true. And I think that maybe people have heard it before, perhaps, but I think it's very meaningful and very powerful coming from someone like Tiamat and coming from someone who's lived the experience she has. It's so easy to criticize someone like Tiamat because she is, in many ways, the example that conservative critics of transgender phenomena would like to cart about in argument against the rights of self-identification. You know, what's next? You're going to identify as an Apache helicopter? That's like something you hear all, all the time online from critics. And it's something I saw in the wake of publishing this documentary. But though she's such an exceptional character, I think she's actually one of these things where the exception proves the rule in terms of understanding who we are as sentient living beings. And like the extent to which she went in order to feel real in her life, to feel like she knew herself, that she had made the decisions and has made the decisions to become the kind of person she wants to be in relationship to her life experiences and her past is the story of our species. And like, whether or not we're becoming dragons or we're trying to reckon with abuse or we're trying to figure out what kind of women we are, or what kind of men we are, all of us make decisions every single day to try and figure out how we're going to make it through that day, how we feel about our past and the way we want to spend the rest of our lives in this world and what we do and don't want to regret having not done or done. And Tiamat's experience is useful because it's so extreme. It provides a very clear, very bright window into a universal experience that I think anybody could benefit from watching, especially at a time when there is such a lack of cultural compassion, you know, for people who are not conforming to social norms. Right. I mean, it really, really 
shows how there is no one path forward or one way to understand human existence. And I think the extreme way that she showed that is by identifying as another species, as not even human, but in doing so actually kind of really showed all of us how you can be human and what it means to be human. I'm just curious for you, leaving Texas after that shoot, how did you feel? How did it impact you? I really felt like meeting Tiamat was one of the highlights of my life. And I had no way of knowing that before. I felt like I had met someone who not everyone will get to meet. And I'd been part of telling a story that will live forever that will enable other people to benefit from the wisdom of this individual. And I felt concerned for Tiamat and wanting her to succeed in her life and to be safe and to continue to be able to do what she's doing. I worry so much about trans people in general that this transgender subject struck me as particularly vulnerable to, so- to some of the social issues that are facing so many of the transgender people that I know and that live in this country. So I left feeling like I had met a really important person and I also felt close to her. And I became sort of more convinced that this thesis I had sort of in the back of my brain might be true, that body modification might be a defining characteristic of our species, and that exploring that further in some of the most extreme examples might lend itself to normalizing body modification in the eyes of the public in a way that could benefit people who modify their bodies in less extreme ways, transgender people, cisgender women, or anyone who chooses to do that. So self-identification is key. Tiamat affirmed what I already knew about that. And she made me want to continue creating content and telling stories that could shine light into interesting places in the world that are often treated without compassion and without nuanced storytelling, like Tiamat's story. And that if you take the time to do that, you know, you it might pay off in a really big way in terms of like finding out something that's incredibly useful narratively and socially. You can watch the full video and read Diana's article at broadly.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure to tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.